R.I.P. Young Dolph had to start out with a little shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, unfortunate situation out of Memphis today. So our thoughts and prayers are with his family and all that. But it is free money football. It's time to break down NFL 11 and your best bets of the week. And we're going to look through all these games, look at especially a lot of these injury situations going on and how these lines are being affected. I got Meerkat with me. I got Stevie with me, and I'm your host, IB. So let's get into it, Meerkat. It was a very interesting weekend, and it seemed like the public really got crushed yet again. But a lot of these teams who had tough weeks the week before seemed to really bounce back. Oh, then, like, we saw it last week. You just brought it up. There, there were so many picks that were like, this doesn't make sense. I don't want to take this. Whatever. Like the Saints pick I had. I hated that play. I didn't want anything to do with it. They cover miraculously somehow. When they scored at the end and went for two, I was begging for them <laughs> not to get the two-point conversion, avoid overtime, just lose by two, cover that two and a half. I, I've strung together a couple good weeks now, and, and it's just kind of been fading like the, you know, we were looking at the money, following where the sharp money is fading the public, and Stevie's little trend he brought up of teams that didn't cover versus teams that did cover went seven and zero this week. Yeah, I mean it, it's been crazy. And we kind of talked about it too. With we expect teams to have bounce back weeks. They've been disappointing. You had the Cowboys and the Bills the week before suffer their you know worst losses of the year. The Bills lose in Jacksonville. The Cowboys get crushed home to Denver. What they do this past week, they crushed their opponents. The Cowboys crushed the Falcons. The Bills crushed the Jets. It wasn't even close, and that's the stuff you kind of want to look out for. These good teams that may have been you know, down a little bit the week before, jump on them the next week. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid that they didn't look great because we know they're good teams. They're going to figure it out, and that's what the Cowboys and Bills did. Yep, absolutely, and let's get it started here with the Thursday night football game and a team that looked really great last week in the New England Patriots going on the road to take on the Falcons here. Both these teams have uh, identical uh, records and against the spreads here. Patriots 6-4, and 6-4. and four. Falcons 4-5, four and 4-5. Five, four and five. Patriots are a touchdown favorite in this one. This opened at 5.5, already moving to 7. We see the public kind of all over the paths um, in this one. I think if you look at it, money's probably coming in on them as well. Just looking at their most recent performances, They've been scoring at a at a pretty good clip, and they're playing a Falcons defense who hasn't been very good, Steve. Yeah, and what's happened is the Patriots defense has been very good. The opposite of what the Falcons did. The last two games, Browns and Panthers, allowed 13 total points. This Patriots team has shown that they're a next-man-up type of system. They've always been that with Billy B, and there was no difference last week. I got crushed because I thought the Browns were going to give them a game. I thought the Browns could expose them. And it was quite the opposite. The Patriots used Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, to just torch the Browns defense. Mac Jones did what Mac Jones has been doing all year long. He's just making short, safe passes and it's working. And good old Jacoby Myers got his first touchdown of his career. Looked great last week. Now you play a Falcons team that was embarrassed against Dallas. And I think we all kind of saw that coming. There were a lot of people that kind of liked the Falcons to give them a game, which I didn't understand. Falcons are not a good team. We've been over this. We've said this time and time again. The Falcons are not a good team. I've retired the Falcons. I'm done with the Falcons. I'm just going to keep trusting this Patriots team. I think they're 
they're pretty good. I actually I didn't have high expectations for the Patriots coming into the year, but when you have an elite head coach like Bill Belichick and he just has guys that can work for him, that's what we've seen this year. There really isn't any true stars on this Patriots team, just a lot of good football players that make it work. I'll lay a touchdown against the Falcons. I don't care. Yeah, I I feel like this is one of the trap games we were talking about. That. There were mm-hmm. a bunch of last weeks. The Falcons have no right being touched down, you know, within the spread of the Patriots right, right now. We brought that out the past couple weeks. Falcons had no right being, you know, within striking distance of Dallas. They had no right being favorites the week before. Uh, they're getting these weird lines. I mean, they just lost the Dallas by 40. And, boys, I am terrified of the Patriots right now as a Bills fan. Yeah. Mac Jones, I thought was going to be like an average game manager in the NFL. Turns out he's like the best game manager of all time. And that offensive line is so good. You saw Ramondre Stevenson still eat with Damian Harris out. The Patriots rely on the rush. They have a bunch of rushing touchdowns and the Falcons have allowed the sixth most this year. It's just, it's not a good combo. The Pats can't keep scoring 40 plus points right now. I just don't think they're built for that. I feel like this is might be a come down to earth game for them. I can't bet against the Patriots right now. I'm not going to, but I don't think I'm gonna take them here. It just feels cheesy. Yeah, we've seen um, very, very, very often this season that going against the public is the profitable way on primetime games mm-hmm. this year. So it might be a fade the Patriots game, and especially if that line continues to to grow. If you can get that over a touchdown tomorrow, that's probably something worth hitting just because of how much line movement uh, you've gotten there, that there could be some solid value, even the fact that it's just moved two, three points for you there. That could really be the helper. It could be that half point that ends up being the thing that wins it for you. And that's why you tune into Free Money Football, because we help give that stuff out. But on to the Sunday slate. And we got a game between the Saints and the Eagles to go through first here. We got the Saints going on the road, getting two points over under, sitting at 43 in that one. Um, Saints five and the same thing as the other game five and four record five and four against the spread four and six record four and six against the spread the Eagles up and down roller coaster has continued their you know backs are up against the wall yet again the NFC East is probably not going to be winnable because you're gonna have to catch the Cowboys but you could still potentially be alive for a wild card spot with seven teams getting into the playoffs this season if you can start to string together some wins, especially teams ahead of you in the standings like the Saints. So this is a big game here for the Eagles, and it feels like a game where they might be back on the uptick, uh, Meerkat. Yeah, it's one of those games where the Saints just got that cover last week, and when you look at Sean Payton and his whole career with the Saints, he's 54-30 and 30, uh, against the spread following a loss, 3-0 and this season following a loss against the spread here, and I do like the Eagles. They're on the uptick. That rushing attack is there. You're seeing Jordan Howard and Boston Scott be extremely productive. Jalen Hurts is going to give you 50 a game floor. And they're going against the Saint defense now. You know, I've brought up the past few weeks. Their yards per carry they allow to opposing running backs keeps going down. They still lead the NFL now at 3.1 yards per carry. They shut down opposing running backs, and they're getting their superstar running back back. Most likely it's looking like Elvin Kamara was back at practice today in a pretty decent capacity. So it's looking like he might be able to run it. I just don't see the Saints losing this game. I don't love the Saints. I don't love Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill combo we're getting right now. But Sean Payton has this team moving. Elva Kamara back can only mean good things. And they didn't even look bad last week. The defense is a wagon. I got to take the Saints. 
Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this game because I like the Eagles, and I normally think the Eagles are a good team at home, but they're actually 0-4 at home on the year this mm-hmm. year, and the Saints are a team that can travel well. thing with the Eagles for me is Devonta Smith finally starting to turn into that number one receiver they drafted him for. He had two more touchdowns last week, three in the past two weeks. He's really looked like a number one, and they were able to kind of carve up a Broncos defense that has shown to be pretty solid this year, especially in the passing game. Eagles also might get Miles Sanders back this week, even though that doesn't really mean anything. They barely use him when he's active anyways. Yeah, right? It could could be a bad thing for him. But I kind of like the Saints here too. I I just – I like this Eagles team. I don't think the Eagles are a playoff team. I think the Saints need this win, especially after last week. That They really – shouldn't have been in the game but they were the whole game they had a chance to tie it against the titans and win that game they've coming off two straight losses i don't think they fall to 500 i think the saints get the six and four here i like them on the road all right on to the next game and i think it's the biggest story of the week the return of the joe flacco era in new york as joe flacco <laughs> takes over the starting quarterback position for the jets this week the jets are getting three and a half points at home hosting the Miami Dolphins. Jets 2-7, and seven, Dolphins 3-7. and seven. Dolphins, however, four wins against the spread and a tie sitting at 4-5-1, and one, whereas the Jets matched their record at 2-7 and seven against the spread. I was going to say, you know, maybe with Mike White, you know, you, or Zach Wilson, you, you, you get a cover here by the Jets. But with Joe Flacco and how seeing how that offense – and how abysmal it has been lately, especially um, you know against the Patriots, against the Bills. I don't know if they're going to be able to even move the ball against this Miami Dolphins defense. And if you can't, they seem like they're figuring things out a little bit more, um, getting things figured out in the running game. And um, they've been finding some more weapons in the receiving game. Matt Collins has kind of stepped up pretty well, been a nice little name for them. Jacecki has obviously been a great safety blanket for whoever is playing the quarterback position for them. Um Stevie, where are you on this one? This one's tough for me because it feels like Miami laying more than a field goal. I just don't I don't want to take it, but I think I am gonna be all over the Dolphins this week. The Jets, you know, rest in peace, Mike White. He had a fun two weeks. It was it was a fun meme for a little bit, the hype, and then it just kind of died down. He 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 died against the Bills. Mike White is dead. It's it's no longer we can put that to rest. Joe Flacco's not a good quarterback at this point in his career. We know that. He wasn't really even that great of a quarterback in his prime. But he's just not a great quarterback. And this Miami Dolphins defense is finally starting to click. They've only allowed 19 points in the last two weeks. It was against the Ravens and the Texans. And averaged under 300 yards allowed in those two games. I actually kind of like this Dolphins defense. It's getting better. And on the other side of the ball, you have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The Jets allowing over 430 yards per game. They allowed 45 points each of the last two weeks, allowed 30 points of the week before, and then 54 the week before that. I mean, this Dolphins offense isn't that great. They're not that explosive, but they should be able to move the ball on this Jets team. They have enough skill position, guys. I like Gusecki a lot. I love Jalen Bottle. I think they'll be able to score on this Jets team. I'm not trusting Joe Flacco to score points. It feels – I don't want to lay points with this Dolphins team ever, but I'm going to do it. 
Yeah, Stevie pretty much covered it all. I mean, the Jets' defense is awful. 175 points the last four weeks allowed. Terrible. Tremendously bad. <laughs> and now they're turning into Joe Flacco, which is like, what are you really going to get out of him? It does scare me a bit that maybe he just gets the ball to the receivers accurately, and the Jets actually do have decent playmakers, and then they do something. But the only thing the Jets have been able to consistently do well the past few weeks is run the ball with Michael Carter, and the Dolphins have a good run defense. That You brought it up, the defense is on the uptick. They're only allowing just over 100 yards per game. I'm not betting on Joe Flacco. A three and a half seems a little mad because I don't yeah. really trust this Dolphins offense but Tua should have a little confidence after that last game coming in, delivering when he needed to. And Tua's kind of one of those guys that, you know, when he gets a little confidence going, he starts playing better. You could be shattered in an instant, but he's got a little bit of it right now. Against the Jets, I don't see them doing much to, you know, crumble him. Yep, and on to the next one here in the NFC as we have the Washington football team. Three and six, two and seven against the spread, going on the road to take on the Carolina Panthers. Five and five, five and five against the spread. Panthers three and a half point favorites at home with the over under sitting at 43. When I'm looking at this game here, I just feel like it's an under. It's just a recipe for an under here. Um, we've seen Carolina's defense can play very well at times. Um, Washington's offense hasn't been as good as it was um, at times, I think, a little earlier in the year. Um, I wish they'd free Terry McLaurin. That dude is absolutely unbelievable. Just throw the ball to him 20 times. I don't really care. He's going to probably catch it at least 15. And as long as the other five aren't interceptions, you're probably going to be moving the ball pretty efficiently. So um, I just I don't see Washington getting the win on the road here in this one either. And Carolina really needs this game. This is a game where that defense really buckles down and carries them in this um, in the yeah, Carolina's defense has been looking good, and Washington had no right winning by 10 against Tampa Bay last week. They lost Chase Young for the year. Just things, you know, it's not sustainable what they did last week and suffered a massive loss to a defense that's been severely underperforming already this year. There should be no reason to have any faith in Washington right now. They're 1-3 on the road against the spread this season. Sure, there's the Ron Rivera revenge game aspect, I guess, but... I'm not betting on this Washington team. Christian McCaffrey looks healthy. He should be able to eat against this defense. And I got to bring it up. P.J. Walker is now 2-0 as an NFL starting quarterback. Uh, That's the factor that really drove them to win. Not, you know, Cam's two touchdowns in two plays, reigniting, you know, whole fan base or anything. But you, you can't bet against these Panthers right now. Not after Cam coming back and doing what he did last week. It's just exciting time for them. Not a huge number against a bad team. I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious to see where all the money is going to come in on this game because it just feels like the obvious play is the Panthers. It just feels too obvious. And you pointed out, Meerkat, it is a Ron Rivera revenge spot. And I think he was kind of, you know, treated poorly the way Carolina, you know, got rid of him. I just, he's, he's, I think he's a good head coach. I don't like how he ended on terms with the Panthers. I don't want to touch this game. I want to see where the money goes. I want to see if the line moves because you got Chase Young out for the year where no one wants to take Washington. Washington just won their quote-unquote Super Bowl against the Bucs. It wasn't really a Super Bowl. It's just the best game they played all year. They held the Bucs to 270 yards, a total offense, and 
kind of hate myself for being on the Bucks last week because, of course, Washington did that. They had no reason to, but they did. And they have no reason, really, to be within a field goal of this Panthers team. But I don't know. It just feels like a weird line to me. I could see Washington winning this game. I hate it. I absolutely hate this game. But I don't want to lay points with Carolina. It's just too obvious. Yeah, I don't know. That might end up being a stay away just because of that, Stevie. But I don't know. That might not be a heavily bet game. So that might be a yeah, game the public could get a get a mm-hmm. W because it's a line where they're they're sleeping a little bit, not moving it because um, you're not seeing big money. People in. might overvalue Washington after yeah, last week, especially beating a Bucks team that everyone loves. Everyone, I mean, yeah. defending Super Bowl champs, Tom Brady. There may be like, oh, Washington might be back. Their defense might be back. Mm-hmm. It's probably just a one week thing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously they have a ton of talent on that defense, but losing Chase Young is a huge, huge thing. Yeah, watch. huge loss. Yeah, we'll see how they can bounce back from that loss. Well, win, but the loss of Chase Young. Um, the came <laughs> here um, as we have our beloved Buffalo Bills hosting yes, the sir. Indian Colts. Colts are 500 at 5-5, five and five, but before against the Red Bulls, it's 3-5-1 against the Red I'm not going to kind of time the ball win because that line moved that week. I remember that. And I did cover it earlier uh, than Sunday. So screw the books. Um, I'm giving it six and three. So looking at this game, we got the line sitting at 50. I think it's going to be a little chilly. No real rain or anything to deal with on Sunday here in Buffalo. Obviously, we've got to start monitoring these weather reports. We yeah. saw it snowing in Green Bay earlier on. Last Sunday didn't end up really affecting the game. So they put not, not enough to do anything. Um, but Bills here obviously bounced back with a huge, huge win over the Jets after that big uh, falter against the Jaguars. Seems like they play so much better when Spencer Brown is in the lineup and they're kind of yep. trying to batter guys, um, getting him pulling, and it kind of gets everyone else involved. And it, maybe it solidifies them, makes them feel more comfortable when they're um, in these long stretches into, um, into their pass um, blocking to where you get these breaks, you get out in the free space, you get some hits, you play that physical ball, you still feel you know fully involved as an offensive lineman. I know Meerkat can speak to that a little bit more, but a lot of those guys talk about it when you're just dropping back and passing over and over and over again. It kind of takes you out of the game a little bit, and then when you try to go back to run, it kind of diminishes that, and then you, you get those diminishing returns over and over again when you try and bounce back and forth. So um, I think you know they did a much better job um, you know, with some quick passes and doing some things getting the ball out there and um, getting mm-hmm. the ball outside with some big guys in front of them uh, with the playmakers having the ball, and that's what you got to do in the NFL. I think we'll see a lot more of that, um, some quick stuff to beat this Indianapolis Colts defense. It's very, very good against the run. I think they're like second in the league against the run, something like that. They're right up there um, in the top five. So obviously not the Bills bread and butter running the ball, but you still need to do it a little bit uh, to open things up, Steve. I mean, I, I love the Bills here, and I love that it's right at a touchdown because I think a lot of people are going to see the Colts with a touchdown and be like, oh, you know, they, they can play it. Besides the Jets, the Bills haven't been too impressive over the past month. They've been playing tight games. I love the Bills at home here. After being on the road for the past five weeks, the Bills are going to get home, and they're going to play a Colts team that relies on the run. Well, guess what? The Bills have one of, if not the best rush defense in the NFL, along just over 80 yards per game. And if the Colts just can't do what they do with Jonathan Taylor, just gashing and gashing, they're 
they're going to have to rely on Carson Wentz, who I think will be forced into a lot of mistakes against this Bills defense. You know how much I love fading Carson Wentz. I think this Colts team's good, but I just I said it. I don't think Carson Wentz is a very good quarterback. And if they can't establish the run and really get out to an early lead like they have been the past like three, four weeks with Jonathan Taylor riding his back, I don't see how the Colts are going to keep up with this Bills offense. I love the Bills minus seven here. I, I think they blow out the Colts, to yeah. be honest with you. And it's a way bigger issue for the Colts if they can't get that run started because Carson exactly. Wentz doesn't have that quick hitting passing game the same way the Buffalo Bills do with Josh right. Allen and Cole Beasley and uh, Stephon Diggs and some of his other targets. Whereas, you know, you're getting these passes to Michael Pittman, but they're more longer developing plays down the sideline. Um, the Bills' defense is, you know, the perfect counter where you can bring in, even though they're in, you know, base nickel most of the time, they can bring their safeties into the box. And you see right. uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer making plays in the box all the time. I'll, I'll be that guy. I, I I think seven might be too much. I'm going to be really yeah. curious to see how the money comes in on this game. But the, the Colts are trending in the right direction right now. And lest we forget, you know, how tough they played us last year. Um, it, they're not that much different of a team outside of quarterback, which is obviously a huge thing. And Carson Wentz isn't good, but he's not bad. Yeah. You know, everybody likes to think he has like 15 interceptions this year because the few he has are terrible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They're awful, but he really do- hasn't been turning the ball over a lot. He's got a guy, Michael Pittman, and we got an immovable object versus an unstoppable force situation here with Jonathan Taylor, who has 610 yards and seven touchdowns in his last five games versus the Bills rush defense, only allowing 83 yards per game on the ground and seven total touchdowns this year. The numbers feel weird, and the Colts, you brought up the run defense is great. Their pass defense sucks. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns in the NFL this year at 23. It's something Josh Allen can definitely take advantage of and build off of, but their front seven might be able to get after it a bit. If we can't move the ball on the ground, that's going to be a problem. Frank Reich is a savvy guy who obviously playing the Bills is going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and let but they pretty much have the same roster from last year other than a few guys like quarterback. But these guys lost in the wild card division after having a great season to the Bills. They're going to be pissed off and have a shot already, you know, less than a year later at revenge. I'm not saying I like the Bills to lose. I love the Bills to win this game. But seven, I I feel like this is a tight game. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Frank Reich's been here uh, in Buffalo before, like, like, he was at one of those games that everyone says they were at, um, but he was actually there and, like, doing things on the field. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I got to give a shout-out to Meerkat and the Cap. They'll be going live tomorrow with a preview of this uh, Sunday's game with uh, Colts Insider as well. So that'll be good. Meerkat, um, any news on Star? Star hasn't been activated yet, right? Nope. He's not going to be. That could be a that, big – Big yeah. mess for the Bills in that, you know, stop. real big loss with the practice squad moves we're making, the guys we're activating and stuff. It's looking like he's not going to be able to go, and that's just not great. He's yeah, our run plugger up the middle. Jonathan, he's the main reason, our, you know, we've been so good against the run this year. Now, Ed's been incredible, but he's not the level of run defender that, you know, star is. He's not eating up those blocks. He's more of the pass rusher type where – you're going to want that against Carson once in a Colts line who their interior is very good. So you're going to have a challenge up against you. Um, 
it just scares me. We saw Derrick Henry. You can say you take away his one big run. His yards per carry weren't great, but he still was able to control the game and still move the ball when needed to. He got hotter throughout the game. That type of elite running back, it just scares me against this Bills defense because we got ruined by them multiple times last year. And, yes, we've been better against them this year because we have star back, and now we don't have star it scares me a little bit. And Jonathan Taylor is just so dominant right now. The streak, he is on the absolute heater. And like I said, they're still going to be pissed off about the playoffs last yeah. year, these guys. you know, I, I don't feel great about it. I like the Bills to win, but seven, I think it's a close game. Yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. I'm, I'm very excited to watch that one, Meerkat. But on to the next game here, which is interesting because the Bills actually have a higher football power index percentage of winning than this team here in the Cleveland Browns. But Cleveland is favored by four and a half more points at 11 and a half right now over the Detroit Lions. Detroit 0-8-1. They're not going 0-for-0-for. They at least got a tie. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they're not going winless. Well, they could still go winless. Um, But they're still 5-4 against the spread, where the Browns 5-5, 5-5 against the spread. They're another one of these teams who's been an absolute roller coaster this season. Some of the highest highs, some of the lowest lows, getting absolutely curb stomped last week. Um, worst pick I've ever made. Don't know why I went to that well. Um, right there with you. <laughs> and they scored the first touchdown in that game. I felt pretty pretty comfortable. Yep. And Yeah, no. Uh, good night now uh, after that. Don't even talk to me about any of it. If you're a Browns fan, stay, don't, don't come on the Bills bandwagon now too late. Uh, stay a Browns fan. Keep Keep enjoying that mess over there. But, Stevie, Lions have been a cover machine this year. This line's already moving from 10 to 11 and a half. You think they can do it again? I'm just going to make this kind of simple. I know the Lions are 5-4 and four against the spread, and they just had a you know a tight game against a Mason Rudolph Steelers team. Let's, let's make that clear first. They tied a Mason Rudolph Steelers team. And the Browns just got embarrassed by the Patriots. Who in their right mind is going to want to lay double digits with this Browns team? It, it just doesn't seem like anyone's going to want to lay that many points. The Lions have typically been a pretty scrappy team so far this year. I'm just going to take the Browns. I, I hate it. But I, I hate laying double-digit points here. But the, the, the big reason here is just I, I watched the Browns get absolutely crushed. I watched the majority of that game against the Patriots. They weren't they, – like you said, Ty, they scored first. It was looking good, and then there was nothing. They couldn't do anything on offense. Couldn't do, stop the Patriots. They couldn't stop a halfback dive to save their life. I just I don't know I, I it's just it's so gross double digit points after watching a team just lose by thirty plus that I'm just going to take it automatically. Yeah. I was gonna say, has that ever happened in NFL history? Like I don't a know. Team loses by thirty five plus. Yeah, I don't know. That's it, crazy. It, probably, but not often. That's for sure. It's, yeah, maybe a handful of times at most. The only thing that's going to stop me from taking the Lions in this one is if there's, you know, an absurd amount of public money on it, which there yeah. might be, but I 10 points for a Cleveland team who I like. These are my last two last stand teams here right now facing off against <laughs> each other. This is your Super but Bowl. Exactly. I bet, I bet Cleveland and, you know, every week up until last week. And same thing with Detroit, but I, I did bet Detroit last week, which was nice, you know, and – 
it's just you lose 45 to 7. Absolutely shit pump. Couldn't stop anything. You're two and three against the spread at home this year. The Lions have been covering well. The last week Dan Campbell took over play calling for the first time and they ran the ball great. DeAndre yeah. Swift he, he would have ran the ball 50 times they went in overtime uh with how Dan Campbell was doing it. And I think that's, you know, so the Patriots just do it, just grind the Browns front seven down. They get after the passer. There's a lot of names there, but they haven't been that great against the run. And then, you know, since losing, you know, the Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb combo, which, you know, Hunt's been on for a few weeks now, they were averaging 28.4 points per game with them. Since that injury happened, Kareem Hunt going out, Chubb being on and off, whatever's going on with him, they only averaged 17.8 a game in the last five games or so. And Baker, still not healthy. He's limited yeah. in practice. He's That's banged up. And everybody loves to say, oh, Odell's ruined the Rams already, but yeah. is Odell leaving the Browns going to hurt them? Yeah. And if I don't Baker know. Falls I on his left shoulder, the Browns. He's probably done for the game. Like it's already yeah. yeah. And, and I'm just Chubb's uncertain this week, right? He may be back, but he wasn't activated off the COVID list yet, so he's a question mark again. Yeah, it's just unless it's like you know, ninety percent of the bets on the Lions with like fifty percent of the handle. I, I don't know how I'm not taking them. <laughs> And that's why I like the Browns, just because it yeah. doesn't make sense to watch a team that just got demolished last week, late double-digit points against a Lions team that's been scrappy. They've been in a lot of games this year, even though they've lost them all. They've been in a lot of them. And I just, still like the Browns. They're just banged yeah. up right now. They're dealing with some shit. They'll get through it. I still like them, but and I like them to win, but I just double-digit points feels like a lot. Right. Yep, Absolutely. And on to the next game, which I think is the – oh, yeah, this game is a game this week. Uh, the 49ers versus the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, 49ers 4-5 and five coming into this one, 3-6 and six against the spread. Jaguars 2-7, and 4-5 and five against the spread. 49ers six-point favorites in this one um, with the over-under sitting at 45. Feels like probably an under game because both these teams kind of stink, especially lately. Um it sounds like Elijah Mitchell is going to play with a broken finger still for the 49ers, who's you know been their pretty much their number one back, um, taking over a big role there for them. So we'll see how that plays out for them. Obviously, Debo has been crushing it. Um, a big, big performance the other night, and that kind of feels like a reason why everyone's going to be betting on the 49ers, and it might be a, a Jaguars backdoor cover here in the draft. Yeah, it's one of those gross games where I don't know what to do. This is probably my fuck this, don't bet it game of the week. I, it's disgusting. I don't want to take a side here. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, sneaky. You brought up four and six against the spread, but they're only one and three against the spread at home this year. 49ers, doesn't really matter who they have. Jeff Wilson coming back now, too. It was nice to see. But they can just run the shit out of the football. They have the fifth most rushing touchdowns in the league. The Jags have allowed the fourth most. They're not the best rushing defense, but they're not bad. It's just one of those lineups or matchups where I'm like, there's no true edge I really like. You'll never find me wanting to bet on the 49ers, and I'd love to take the Jags here, but I want to see money and stuff first because I just don't love it. I'll probably not touch this. 
Yeah, I, I see this either going one or two ways. Either the 49ers win this game by a late field goal or they win this game by 40. I, I don't see any other option other than a very close win or they just blow the Jaguars out of the water. Big thing for me for the 49ers is George Kittle's fully healthy, and he is one of the few skill position players, I think, wide receiver or tight end and running back, that actually can change a game when he's fully healthy. He's the best blocking tight end in football. I don't think it's particularly close. And he really gives the 49ers just that dynamic for play action or across the middle. And this, if you watch the Rams 49ers game, like I did reluctantly last week, he just shredded them up the middle on third down. Same with Debo. And it was the Rams defense played well on the first and second downs. Third down, they just didn't know what to do. The 49ers need to play. They go, all right, Kittle just run a little post up the middle. Debo run a slant just across the ground. And they, the Rams just couldn't cover him. They couldn't stop him. 49ers needed that win last week. They needed it, and they actually have a chance to maybe make that seven seed in the playoffs now. They're four and five, three and six against the spread. But, you know, I don't think they can suffer to have like a sleepwalk game against this Jaguars team and this bad Jaguars defense. I am concerned Debo has a shin injury. Debo's, you know, been injured a lot in the past. So if he doesn't play, that could change it a little bit here. But with George Kittle fully healthy, it really opens up this 49ers offense. They can run the ball at will whenever they want. They can use him. And I just don't think the Jaguars have enough players on the defensive side to really stop that. Six feels weird because it just feels too short. But I can't trust this Jaguars team. I, I just think this game goes like 49ers win like 41-3. And we're like, oh, yeah, like that, that was obvious. We should have seen that coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm just going to forget that game's on and just pretend it's not and hopefully Debo gets <laughs> a bunch of points for my fantasy team. And we'll get on to the next game here as we got the 1-8 Texans on the road at the 8-2 and two, uh, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is 7-3 and three against the spread while the Texans are 4-5. and five. A little frisky there against the spread themselves, but a lot of that was early on in the season. Overrunners sitting at 44.5 in this one. Titans, um, they just seem to keep getting it done. But DVOA still doesn't love them, still has them a little bit one of those frisky teams, a little bit just above middle of the pack there. Um, Stevie, what do you see in this one? you think they can cover that double-digit spread? Uh, I, I hate it. Like, I, I want to take the Texans getting double digits. The Titans have beaten anyone, and they've shown no reason not to just keep playing them. But they didn't cover against the Saints, and – this feels like they, they got their big wins out of the way, right? They, they beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Rams in primetime. They beat the Colts. They swept the Colts on the air. It just feels like this could be just maybe a division rival that knows the Titans well from the past couple of years, just kind of catches them off guard, maybe gets out to an early lead. Maybe the Texans get out to like a 10 nothing lead, and the Titans kind of come back and win the game. They don't really have to sweat it, but it's just – just feels like too many points for me. I like taking double-digit points when it's a division rival type of game. And I, I don't know. I, I don't want to put, like, faith behind this Texans team because there's really no reason or there's really no stat that supports why the, that you should ever put money on this Texans team. But I just think it's too many points. I'll, I'll take the Texans. I hate it. This is a game I just don't want to watch either. You said last game is the game you don't want to touch. I don't want to see any part of this game. I don't want to see a single highlight from this game. Just just let me see, like, a Titans 30-23 to 23 win in the Texans plus 10.5 caches. That's all I want to see. I will go broke fading this Titans team. I swear, <laughs> I'm doing it again this week. Every single week, there's been this huge upset, usually in division, like you said, yeah. Stevie, and 
Why not this week? The Texans are coming off a nice rest. Tyrod Taylor did not look good in his first game back, but you're not going to see Tyrod Taylor throw three interceptions in two right. straight games. You just aren't. He probably wasn't 100%. They kind of rushed him right back, right from when he got activated for practice. You have a 21-day window. They gave him like eight days. They're like, yeah, brother, you're on the field. Uh, and he threw three interceptions. Didn't look great, but the week off is good for them. The Titans defense, I not bought into it at all, and I'm not bought into them. Being you know the same offense without Julio and Derrick Henry, I don't know how they're doing it still, but I don't see it being sustainable. I I still think the Colts have a chance at the AFC South, and you know the Titans are going to have to lose for that to be a thing. And I think they can start losing here. It, it feels like this is going to be a you know a big public on the Titans type game too. We'll wait to mm-hmm. see. Maybe people are like oh Texans plus ten, too many points. They were covering to start out, but I just like them here. I like it, and like I said, I will go broke fading this Titans team. Hopefully Meerkat doesn't go broke, and he hits it big, and so does everyone else. On to the next game here is we have a NFC North clash between the Packers and the Vikings. Packers 8-2, and 9-1. and one. I repeat, 9-1 and one against the spread, and week one didn't happen, so 9-0 and oh against the spread. Meerkat will let us know that if I didn't say it, so I figured I might as well. <laughs> and the Packers four and five, but five and four against the spread. Right now, Packers favored by two points, two and a half points, some yep. places still, with the over under sitting at forty nine in this one. Um, Meerkat, how are you feeling on this one? Vikings. I I just don't know what to think about the Vikings. Every game is close. <laughs> And Every game. they either shoot themselves in the foot or, like, you're like, wow, this team actually is pretty fucking good. Yeah, they're a team I was religiously just taking every week for a bit. And now then the roller coaster really started to get up and down. And I don't know what to make of them. This line feels like such a trap to me. I know the Vikings are coming off that big win, but the Packers should be favored by more than two in this one. I don't care. It's a divisional game. And, you know, like I said, the Vikings are turning it up. Packers, you sent us the article today, Ty, about how, you know, their defense and stuff is not sustainable, the performance they're getting out of it right now. They're not playing to the level that we're seeing in the results. But, hey, they're still doing it. They're riding the wave. They're getting it done. The Vikings, I'm really only scared of their backfield in this matchup right now, although obviously Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Thielen, all those you can't deny. I just don't know what to do on this one. The Vikings are 1-7 in their last eight home games against the spread. And their defense, it looks really bad, really bad. They're 370 yards per game right now. Give Rodgers a full week of rest, you know, a full week of back in the lineup practice, not just activated right before the game type deal. I don't know. Dylan filling in for AJ Jones or Aaron Jones, AJ Jones, can do well. I, I don't know Dylan's how to feel this. I don't Dylan's know. So, uh, Dylan's great. But, I mean, Dylan's he didn't fun. look great last week. He got in the end zone twice. He had a couple. Yeah. He, he had like 20 rushes for 60 yards. You don't want to see that, but uh, it's like – I don't. someone talk me into something here. Stevie, go. Like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to. I was hoping you were going to talk me into no, it. No, like, I don't know what to do One, one of my golden <laughs> rules is if it's Aaron Rodgers with a field goal or less, you just blindly take Aaron Rodgers right? and say thank you because he's been co- doing that for the past three, four years. He's been covering. He's been winning games by three or more points. 
And now it's I, we're going against this Vikings team, which I said they're better than what their record is. They may be four and five, but they're better than four and five. They've been tight in every game, and this is a huge game for them. This is a chance to get back right into the wild card picture. They probably won't catch the Packers in the division, but this is huge. They lose this. Their season's probably done, and it would be glorious for them to get that home win against their division rival, the Packers, to get back mm -hmm. to 500, to get themselves right back at the playoff pitcher. So I have that on one side, but then on the other side, I know how good Aaron Rodgers has been the past three, four seasons. He doesn't just win games, he covers games too. Like you said, the Packers mm -hmm. are 9-1 against the spread this year. You throw out that first week, 9-0. There you go. It's, it's hard for me because I want to take Rodgers and the Packers, but I think Everyone wants to take Rodgers of the Packers. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate this game. I'll probably end up taking the Vikings because I'm an idiot, and I'll be like, oh, I I can't I can't take the Packers minus two and a half. Just just give me the Vikings because I hate it so much. Yeah. All right. Well, on to the last one o'clock game, then, boys. We got the Ravens <laughs> going into the Windy City to take on the Bears. Ravens getting five <sighs> points in that one. Six or Ravens giving five points in that one. They're six and three on the year, but three and six against the spread. One of the few teams, I think one of the only teams really that has a discrepancy that big. Um, that's actually a winning team. And the Bears, three and six, four and five against the spread here. An over under sitting at 45. Um, Baltimore has been a team we've talked about this week after week where they're all right, but they're not winning games by big, you know, big margins. Right. They're not covering, mm -hmm. you know, in wins. They're, they're kind of pulling rabbits out of their hat. And it, it kind of, you know, falls to the wayside just because of how impressive Lamar's performances are. That that's sort of that's the take the the talk the talking point the takeaway point that you know you're, we're talking about Lamar not oh how they win this game and this feels like a spot here going into Chicago a team that has had a very good defense even when things aren't going well offensively where you know we're getting late in the season here where you can sneak out a victory if you're the Bears. In your Adam, uh, in your Matt Nagy, and you figure something out here with a defensive game plan to shut down Lamar Jackson's TV. Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw with the Thursday night game, the Dolphins really did a great job at limiting the Ravens. They did a really good job at saying we're not just going to let you run outside on us all game. And if you think back to the Bears in two weeks ago, that was Justin Fields, probably his best game of his career against the Steelers. He finally looked you know, a little comfortable as an NFL quarterback. He was able to run a little bit. He was able to throw the ball down the field, over 300 total yards, despite Cole Komet being his top receiving option. I, I just – the Ravens, to me, I, I can never figure the Ravens out because every time I'm finally saying, all right, you know what, I think we've kind of figured out how to limit the Ravens' offense, that's when they drop 45, and that's when it looks like this team's unstoppable. They're just faster than everyone. But I've said the Bears' defense has played up at home, and they were doing that all year besides their last home game against the 49ers, where the 49ers were able to just kind of run the ball all over them. And I think the Ravens probably can do the same thing. I hate it because I, these are two teams I just can't get right all year long. But I kind of like the Ravens here. I, I think people are going to overreact a little bit to the Ravens' loss to the Dolphins. And I do understand the Ravens have been playing everyone close so far this year. And I don't think they're as great as maybe they were hyped up to be a couple weeks ago. I don't think the Bears are that great. I really do think the Ravens can win this by a touchdown. I don't love it, but I'll, I'll lay the points with the Ravens. Right, on to the 4 o'clock window, boys. 
And we got the Bengals versus the Raiders. <clears throat> Both teams five and four, but four and five against the spread. Bengals a slight favorite in this one. Um, a one point favorite. We'll, we'll probably see this line bounce around a little bit here, especially with the game being in Vegas and just knowing they usually take a bigger handle on those games. Um, but when I'm looking at this, all I see is where is the Hunter Renfro over receptions line? I got nothing to say on this game until I see that. And when I see it, it's going to be hammer the over because it's hitting eight to nine weeks still. Stevie, what do you got Ty, in this game? Because I know I you mean, have the Bengals. I mean, Ty, we got we got Jamar Chase in this game too. Why not just a nice little parlay of Renfro, Chase, over yards, over receptions, whatever you want to do, and just hope this is a shootout. I mean, the Raiders' defense it really has a big grade. I, I expect the Bengals to score a lot of points. They're coming off back-to-back losses and bad losses, too. You lose to the Jets against Mike White, who, you know, everyone's like, oh, Mike White, and then we saw what did against the Bills. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it was just they didn't have any tape on him. And then they get crushed by their rival, the Browns. You have the bye to regroup. I think the Bengals will be able to just kind of score in this bad Raiders defense that is finally starting to show their true colors. They're pretty good to start the year, but now they're starting to really get shredded through the air, and that's really where the Bengals can attack you. They have really good weapons. So you got Chase, you got Higgins, you got Boyd. I'll take the Bengals. It's pretty much a pick game right now. But like you said, Ty, the best way to bet this game, just take some props. Renfro, Chase, and take it to the bank. And breaking news, Stevie, Matt Meyer is going to be starting Meerkat. Are you going to be tailing Stevie? I am, I am still happy with my UB bet right now, but this game, I don't know what I'm going to bet here. I do like the Bengals. They got a week on the bye to figure things out, get right, because the Jets' loss was bad. And then the Browns' loss, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. But now you're like, oh, maybe it was bad. And since they're only three and two against uh, against the spread on the road this year, Las Vegas is two and three at home against the spread. And Burrow throwing a lot of interceptions this year, despite lighting up through the air. And the Raiders' defense has just four interceptions this year. They've allowed seventeen passing touchdowns. It's not a good secondary. It, I'm taking whatever Jamar Chase's prop is. That's for sure. I'll probably end up taking the Bengals, but it, this slate just gets grosser and grosser. <laughs> Yeah, it does, and let's get into that. With <clears throat> I'm gonna save, uh, gonna save the more fun 425 game for last. So let's go with the Cardinals Seahawks here next. Cardinals eight and two, seven and three against the spread. They're two and a half point favorites going into Seattle. Seahawks three and six, but five and four against the spread. Russell Wilson got back last week, and that game was just absolutely awful to watch. Uh, zero offense. I don't know why they put that on on all of our televisions because. I damn near fell asleep, and I loved it all. So, like, that's how you know it was an issue. Um, but this, to me, should be a very, very interesting game here. Kyler Murray obviously been dealing with injuries himself, and so has um, a lot of the Cardinals, um, you know, their weapons offensively, whether it's Chase Edmonds or A.J. Green or, you know, a few other names. DeAndre Hopkins has been banged up a little bit too as well. So um, <clears throat> this is, yeah, this is pretty much a coin flip again. For me, if I, if I'm looking to bet at CB, yeah, I mean, I I hate this game because the line really doesn't make sense. And I it I ex- I thought Kyler Murray was gonna play last week, and then as we got closer and closer to Sunday, it's like he's not gonna play. Hopkins isn't gonna play, and I kind of feel the same way this week. I think both are going to play, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get to Sunday. It's like yeah, neither neither can go. 
Russell Wilson's not going to score. He's not going to get shut out again. There's no way he gets shut out again. That game was horrible last week, the Packers-Seahawks game. The only reason I enjoyed it is because the Packers were my favorite play of the week last week. I was able to just sit comfortably and kind of enjoy the Packers, just not letting the Seahawks move the ball at all. I don't think DK Metcalf had a catch until the third quarter. It was ugly for the Seahawks offense. There's no way they can be that bad again. But this line is, uh, it's disgusting. It's so gross. Who, If Kyler Murray's healthy, right, if, if he is able to play in this game, who is not taking the Cardinals just around a field goal against the Seahawks defense? No one is. No one is. And maybe the Seahawks at 3-6 and six have a chance if they can win here to get back into that wild card pitcher. That's the only reason I could see it, and I do like division rivals. I like taking the underdog in those games, especially when they're home. But for now, I, I just I can't make a play on this. The Cardinals, I just don't know what's going to go on with Murray this week. I think that's the big deciding factor. I yeah, this game is weird because I don't think Kyler Murray's going to go. He said today at practice yeah. that he feels good about going. But they were trying to add, they were trying to sign practice squad quarterbacks, poach them this week. That's not a good sign. Cole McCoy is how. I think they're fucked at quarterback, and Russ didn't look 100% at all, but another week to get better, I guess that'll yeah. help him out. Cardinals are 5-0 on the road this year against the spread, but you really just got to toss it out, these injuries, and I, I don't know what I'm about to do here, boys. This is breaking news. We got to throw on the red light, the, the strobe. It's not strobing. I'm sorry, but... I'm taking a total. I am taking a total in this game. I'm taking a lift off of the band. I'm going with the under 48 in this game. I already locked it in. Under? I don't trust the Cardinals. Under? The under? The I under? Trust, I don't trust the Cardinals quarterback situation. I don't trust their running back situation right now. And I don't trust Russell Wilson with that finger after what he did last week or their backfield situation in Seattle. And some numbers for this one. Seattle's unders have hit their last six games as a dog and the Cardinals last seven unders have hit as road favorites in this one. The trends are pointing to it. The injuries are pointing to it. That probably means this is a guaranteed over game folks. Cause I'm, <laughs> you know, breaking the hiatus for this, but I love the under in this already locked in. Absolutely. Meerkat loves the under everyone else. Hammer the over last four twenty five <laughs> game. You got the Cowboys going on the road to take on the Kansas city chiefs in a huge clash there. Uh, Cowboys 7-2, and 8-1 against the spread. Obviously, their only loss against the spread was when they got their asses whooped. Um, and then the Kansas City Chiefs 6-4, and 3-7 and seven against the spread. Chiefs 2.5-point favorites right now in this one, over under at 56. They're looking for an absolute shootout there. Um, both these defenses can absolutely be beat, and especially through the air. So I think that means we probably, hopefully, will see a ton of points scored in that one. I think that should be a very, very fun game. Looking forward to seeing lots of fantasy points out of that one. I got Dak in one league and Patrick Mahomes in the other. So I'm going to be glued to that one. Um, I'm not going to touch this line at all because it stinks really bad. The Chiefs obviously bounced back last week finally, but they've struggled all year against the spread. They've struggled all year in general and the Cowboys you know their offense has put up some big points they can score with the Chiefs we saw what they did even in week one against the Buccaneers where you know they covered late and had a very very big performance there so it could be you know another game where it's very close and the Chiefs kick a field goal and win by you know one two points at the end 
I'm going to be staying away from that, but I, I'm feeling a lot of points in that Meerkat. Yeah, no, 100% in this one, and this line doesn't make any sense to me at all. I just don't get it. The Cowboys should not be home to uh, uh, away dogs right now. I don't care that they're away. Kansas City is 0-5 against the spread as home favorites this year, and Dallas is 3-0 as road dogs this season. I really just don't get this line. Now, the Chiefs have looked a bit at resurgent. Patrick Mahomes throwing left-handed touchdowns. That's all cool and stuff, and their passing attack's been great. Nearly 300 yards a game this year, 25 touchdowns, but the Cowboys second Secondary has been good. Now all the touches on Trevon Diggs, yeah, he gets interceptions, yeah, he lets up a lot of yards, but they've been solid, only averaging about uh, 250 yards against them through the air game this year, and they have a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio, 14 interceptions, 14 touchdowns allowed. I think it's a good matchup for the Cowboys. This is a, definitely a game I'm not even thinking about touching until I see the money, but I, I, I'm inclined to like the Cowboys. Yeah, this is kind of weird for me because I the Chiefs have only allowed 15.6 points a game over their last five. And granted, it hasn't been world beater schedule, right? You played the football team, you played the Titans, you played the Giants of Daniel Jones, you played Jordan Love when you faced the Packers, and then Derek Carr last week. But their defense is getting a little bit better, and it kind of reminds me of the past couple of years when that bad defense got better as the year went on. They were just started blitzing more. They just started pressuring quarterbacks more. That's kind of what they did against the Raiders last week. I think the Chiefs, I don't know if they're all the way back, but I think they're slowly starting to come back. And this is kind of the public versus the public game. Everyone loves to bet the Chiefs, and everyone loves to bet the Cowboys. I just see the Cowboys getting points. Feels like everyone's going to look at the Cowboys, who are 7-2 and two on the year, 8-1 and one against the spread, and be like, the Cowboys should score at will on this bad Chiefs defense. Well, the defense has gotten a little bit better over the past month, and I think this is a huge statement when if the Chiefs didn't get it to say we're still a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Right now, it's less than a field goal. I'm comfortable with that. I think the Chiefs win this game. So if it if it doesn't go past three, I'm happily taking the Chiefs. Oh, I'm not happy about that game at all. On to the night game, Stevie. And we got the Steelers going on the road to take on the Chargers. Game opened up. Chargers minus three. Chargers now minus five and a half. Um, ben Roethlisberger self-reported COVID last week. His status is still up in the air. Obviously, they've been dealing with a bunch of uh, injuries as well at some of their key positions um, between him. Uh, Chase Claypool has um, been banged up as well as Juju. So that'll be something to note. Um, both these teams above 500, but below 500 against the spread. Stevie, do you think the Chargers can you know, bounce back, start getting after things? Or are we going to see them sort of struggle here yet again and you know, even give up a bunch of points to maybe even Mason Rudolph? They will not give up points to Mason Rudolph. Nobody should give up points to Mason Rudolph. The Lions defense barely gave up points to Mason Rudolph. I'm, I kind of hope Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play because I just want to take the Chargers. But for right now, I'm kind of staying away. I think if Big Ben plays somehow, the Steelers, even though he's not been a good quarterback this year, somehow the Steelers will find a way to make this close. It'll be that classic you know, Chargers primetime game where it just comes down to a field goal. But for now, I, I'm staying away from the game just because it is just – I will never, I will never – you hear this right. I will never bet on Mason Rudolph, ever. I, I will never take Mason Rudolph. You can give me 25 plus 25 and a half with Mason Rudolph. I still won't take that. 
Yeah, you can't take it. Big Ben being a worry with the COVID. Minka Fitzpatrick, too, dealing with COVID. No TJ Watt. Other, you know, injuries yeah. Ty brought up. The Steelers are banged up. I still don't think they're a great team. They have some good pieces, some superstar caliber players, I guess. But they are not that level team, in my opinion. And But the Chargers' defense is so, so bad. I'm so happy I didn't take them last week. I still think they're a great team. I'm now starting to sweat my futures and – I, I don't know, guys. Najee might go for 250 against their rush defense. I, I really just don't know what to do. I'm leaning the Chargers because I'm not going to bet, you know, on the Steelers ever, even with Big Ben. But if True. it's Mason Rudolph, I, I feel like you've got to go Chargers. It's a game they can't lose. But right. brought up, they love one score game. So who knows? Gross slate gets grosser, boys. Uh, yeah, it gets even grosser on Monday night as we have the Giants. Taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giants are three and six, but five and four against the spread. Bucks are six and three, but three and six against the spread. Stevie, you brought up that trend about the covering the next week after, you know, failing to cover and losing. Bucks lost outright last week. Now they're eleven point favorites in a team that has failed to cover this season. It's a line that I hate. But if it follows the trends, the Buccaneers <laughs> should cover. I'm not going to touch this game, but it feels like we got to go Bucks. Well, the problem with the trend is the Giants were on by last week, so technically they couldn't cover because they were on a buy, so it doesn't really fit that trend there. I hate this game. You know how I feel about Monday night games. If it's not worth watching, I just don't take it. And the good news is college basketball's back. So I'll probably see what's on Big Monday and see if there's a few games I want to watch there. But I, I think the play is the Bucks, just because they, they just lost to the football team. They've lost back-to-back -back games. The Saints game, which I know 99% of the world was on the Bucks in the Saints game there. They got crushed there. Then they lost to the football team where they were double-digit favorites again. And they lost outright. I mean, this could be the classic Daniel Jones five turnover game. Despite him playing better this year, it just kind of feels like it will be that type of spot. Barkley could be back, which would help the Giants offense a little bit. I know Tony's healthy, which we'll see how long he stays healthy, but that should help their offense. But I, don't know. I, I hate this game. I hate Monday Night Football, especially when it's supposed to be a blowout, but I would take the Bucs. Yeah, I feel like you got to go with the Bucks here. They're coming off that bad loss. Tom Brady's a vengeful type of guy. They're three and one against the home, uh, the spread at home this season, and you know, yeah, they brought the trend. You kind of want to force feed it into it, but you can't force that type of stuff. The Giants were on the bye. It doesn't count, even though we want it to count. And you know, <laughs> AB is probably not going to be back, but Gronkowski back at practice. Godwin might be good to go. Tyler Johnson looked healthy last week, which is good for them and you know they lead the league in passing touchdowns right now at 27 still the giants are bottom 16 passing d not that they're bad they're just not good it's something brady can carve up with whatever receivers he's got out there i gotta go with the bucks and the bounce back and i mean not to mention brady's playing the team that beat him in two super bowls yeah and he's a very vengeful guy let yeah. uh, that four meerkat <laughs> Because we don't have Tom Brady. I, I, I wish we had Manning cast for this one, but Eli is a coward and won't do a Giants game because he doesn't want to be oh. mean to his old team because they give him so much money. When mm. Eli, fuck the Manning cast and that goddamn curse. Absolutely. <laughs> That's going to do it for free money football preview of the week 11 slate. Make sure you guys follow us over at the Generate Zone on Twitter for more content. If you guys are watching over on YouTube, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe and 
get some comments and get some questions in for us when we do the Sunday mm-hmm. show. We'll be sure to answer those for you guys. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Shout out to Meerkat and Stevie for joining myself, Ty B. Yet again, make sure you guys get out to the creek. Get out to the you know, Texas bets and go to Turning Stone. Do whatever the hell you got to do. Go get that free money. Good point. <laughs>